Welcome to the New Idea Podcast. I'm your co-host, John Vocal. And I'm your co-host, Bob Love. This is the podcast where we delve deep into Northwood's core philosophy, talking with people who live the founding philosophies of this institution. We are thankful you're listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the New Idea Podcast. My name is John Vocal. And I'm Bob Love. And we are joined today by Professor Jim Hopp, somebody that we know very well as uh, both Bob and I went through the entrepreneurship program here uh, that Professor Hopp is the chair of. So thank you very much for joining us today. You're welcome and good evening. I'm excited to be here. We're excited too. So for anybody uh, that you know isn't familiar with who you are, would you mind talking a little bit about yourself and kind of sharing what your background is and, and how you landed at Northwood? I know it's sure, tough for I'm, you to talk about yourself. I'm really shy and um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll work hard at this. Yeah, so um, I graduated undergrad in accounting and uh, economics from Hope College. I worked for a 50-year-old second-generation family business called Bill Maher Foods uh, out of college. Great experience. We were bought by an $11 billion company. That's pretty interesting to be in the accounting area of a company <laughs> when you're bought by an $11 billion company. Uh, changed all the rules on us. That was kind of interesting. I then went into banking, which is where I wanted to go originally. And uh, I spent 13 years with Comerica Bank. Uh, the vast majority of that was as a commercial lender. That gave me an opportunity. I spent some time in California, some time in Texas, Jackson, Grand Rapids, and, and finally in Midland. Ironically, uh, the bank sent me here for eight months, September 1, 1992. 28 years, some several months, and days later, I'm still here. Um, it turned out to be a, a great move and, and a great place to stay. Uh, as I was in banking, um, I came back to Northwood University to get my MBA. And um, that sort of opened my eyes to more possibilities. When you're a commercial lender in a top 20 bank, um, you got 80 clients. These guys are all entrepreneurs, guys and gals, all entrepreneurs, and you're working with them. And uh, it's so much fun. Uh, top, you know, top 20 mover in the country, concrete block manufacturer, uh, adventure golf. Uh, you know, I mean, just a diverse portfolio and just tremendous people. So I got my MBA and I'm like, uh, it, it, in regard to pro, uh, progressing at the bank, right? An MBA, put myself in position to maybe be a regional president. And then one of my uh, clients who uh, I started, I actually financed as a startup, yes, Occasionally, banks finance startups, but as I told you guys many times, not often. Um, Packaging Direct, uh, I, I took a chance. Um, I, I went up to visit and, and look at the numbers, and I started talking to the owner about potentially coming to work for him. I didn't get two sentences in, and he says, are you talking about coming to work for me? And I said, yeah. And he said, oh, man, everybody's been saying I need this, and I've been thinking about it, and it was just like that. So I went. To, I left the bank. Um I left the comfort of the bank with a pension, a 401k, four weeks of vacation, benefits galore, and I went to this uh, just beyond startup business, and it was the best move I could have ever made. Uh, I was their chief financial officer. I headed up sales, HR. Um, I walked the floor every day. I learned the operations. So I knew the business as their banker, but I really got to know it. We took the business from $8 million to $15 million, and then we, a uh, company came along and made an offer we couldn't refuse. Um, got a five-year contract, made it almost two years before they asked me to leave. Um, uh, took, a, took a little while off, had a severance package, and uh, had three terrific opportunities. Uh, and the one I chose was an, uh, a company called Med Audit Services. Three gentlemen that I had gotten to know as a banker. This is all about relationships, right? You build relationships and, you, and it opens up possibilities. We're about to buy this business. They called me up. They said, we heard you became available. 
which was sort of, you know, a good chuckle. <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah. And I took a look. And so I became president and part owner of Met Audit Services. Um, ran that business for seven and a half years. That was terrific. Two years after we bought Met Audit, um, had such a good staff. Um, my other partners and I decided I didn't need to be there full time. And uh, I had been teaching as an adjunct at Northwood University, um, which actually I had, I had taught a banking class back when I was getting my MBA and got a little taste of it and thought, oh, I could do this. It's kind of fun. So in 2009, um, I called up the uh, uh, academic dean and I said, hey, I've got more time on my hands. I'm looking to pick up a few more classes. And he said, how many more classes? And I said, well, I don't know. What are you talking about? Well, we are looking for a chair for the entrepreneurship department. And you might be a good fit. And they already knew I could teach because I'd been teaching finance. And so uh, literally we had lunch. He talked to the provost. I had a meeting with the provost the next day. I got the offer and I was teaching three weeks later. Wow. Um, so I've been teaching full time at Northwood since 2009. I'm currently in my 12th year, which I, you know, didn't, I don't know that I saw that coming, uh, but it's been great. And I chair the entrepreneurship and the franchising management departments. And one more postscript to that. Because after Med Audit ended in 2015, um, I was just teaching, which is fine. Uh, but la uh, last year came up on a new opportunity, which I've always kept my eye open. Um, I went into business with a 2012 grad of the entrepreneurship program, and we became Big B Coffee franchisees. And we signed our agreement in April. Uh, we bought the existing Big B in Midland, opened uh, October 6th, and led the area in sales in the fourth quarter which I, I'm not saying we did anything, but, you know, we'll take credit for it because uh, it happened. Well, you know, uh, and on top of it, too, you're the franchising management chair. So it's also worth noting, too, that, that you're in that field actively right yes. now. Sorry, I thought I like said that. In my head, I said that to you. No, yes. no worries. So I chair both entrepreneurship and franchising. And so I've been looking for an opportunity. And we signed our second agreement. Uh, we've got our location selected. Our second store will be up and open, we hope, around September of 2021. It's a great awesome. location. Uh, it is. It is. I'm. Uh, yeah, I was a little worried at first. Um, Traffic-wise, will be great. Taking a left out of there might be a problem, but yeah. uh, mm -hmm. we're going to be out near the mall. It's it's going to be terrific. Um, it's really been fun. And, and, you know, here's one of the big advantages to getting into Bigby. Number one, love their company culture. A little odd because I don't drink coffee. Um, I normally talk about follow your passions, go into what your passions are. I don't have a passion for coffee, but I do have a passion for, for running businesses and culture. And they have a great culture from a corporate standpoint, and we've been able to develop a great culture uh, at our own stores. Um, and, I, and I think that's been fun. And, and quite frankly, and both of you guys know this well, I needed new stories, right? <laughs> My stories were getting old and, and, and you know, um, PDI will still be a, a great thing, and med audit still be great <laughs> stories. But you know, there's new stories uh, to be developed, and and quite frankly, it's, it's just fun. Well, there's there's a lot of uh, benefit in bringing a lot of your life experiences into the classroom, and I think that Northwood has a faculty that really prides themselves and their ability to do that in general. Um, do you feel like as an educator that the things that you experienced while doing private business are one, like at the forefront of, you know, how you go about teaching and two, um, are they something that, you know, you think gives you an edge as far as teaching entrepreneurship goes that other people doesn't? Do you, do you think that those experiences truly give you a perspective that really allows you to, to teach people things like business at a, at a better rate than anybody that's never been exposed to it? Without a doubt. I mean, it, when, when I sit and talk to a prospect about coming to Northwood University, 
Um, it's not a tagline. Well, we have faculty that has been in the in the industry. Um, that's that's who we are. Yeah. That's what we're all about. I, I honestly, guys, if if I was just teaching theory, I don't think it would be. I would not be as effective. Yeah. Um, if you can't take theory and apply it in life, and not to a widget company, right? When I was an undergrad, I remember we'd talk about widget companies, and I kept thinking, what's a widget company, right? Well, there isn't anything as a widget company. When you do real-life case studies or you talk about things that happen, you know, one of the things I I talk to my franchising and my entrepreneurship students about is, well, three weeks after we took over the store, we had COVID hit our employees at at the Big B, and we had to shut down for a week. And we had just met with the employees, introduced ourselves as new owners, and here we were faced with a cultural issue right there, right? And the culture was, we're going to take care of you, you take care of the clients, and we'll all be successful together. And here we are, we got to shut down for a week. And these, these employees need this job, right? They need the income. Not now, some are high school students, and, but some of this is their main source of income. Now, by law, we didn't have to pay anybody for not working. Um, we made the decision to pay everybody for the shifts they were scheduled to work that week. And I'm not saying that to say, oh, hey, congratulations, pat on the back. It was because we were sending a message to the employees. We do care about you. We were serious. We are going to stand behind you. Um, this is who we are. Uh, and and at, at the end of the day, uh, yes, that's you know comes right off the bottom line, but that's not what it's about. It's about creating that culture, having an employee want to get up and come into work every day, having them treat the business like they own it. The only way you can do that is if they believe that you really will stand up for what you say. And, and that became evident when at our Christmas um, gathering, two, two separate employees stood up and said, we want you to know we've both worked other places and this is the first time we've worked for anybody who's actually fixed things when they're broken, said what, followed through saying what they said they were gonna do and we just love working here. And that's what it's all about. It's fantastic to hear, especially because I feel like corporate coffee in general has this like, you know, kind of uh, add effect to it. It could be mostly because of Starbucks culture. I'm not sure. But, you know, just baristas and those type of, of workers don't generally feel valued by the, by their ownership and managers. So I'm sure to hear that, you know, is, is pretty awesome. I'll tell you what, what really hit me that night. We had given out some bonuses um, already to uh, employees who stayed. Right, because a change in ownership is a tough—it's a tough deal if you're the employee, right? Who are these people? We don't know who they are. What are they going to be like? We had done some uh, bonuses, retention bonuses, really. Hey, thanks for staying on with us. And I heard the one gal go, "All right, I can make rent this month." And I—I I, I talked to Corey, my business partner, and I said, "Did you hear that comment?" And he said, "Yeah." I said, "Was she joking or serious?" And he goes, "No, she was serious." And I'm like, "Wow, right? That—that's where it hits home." When, when that check was that or that extra money was going to help her make her rent, um, it puts it in perspective. Um, if you don't take, if you take care of your employees, they will treat the business like they own it. I've got 30 years of experience that tells me that. Um, I don't think everybody does it that way. I think everybody should do it that way. Um, it, you'll come out ahead. At the end of the day, you'll come out way ahead for sure. Uh, if, if, if you create the right culture. Um, you know, it, we're in a business where turnover is typically high. And, and so how do you, how do you combat that? You got to make people feel at home. You got to create a, a place people want to be at, uh, a, where they think they can move ahead. Or even if it's a temporary job where they, where they know they can, uh, 
um, feel safe and, and get the job done. It's got to be a rewarding experience in the end. You know, there's oh. not a whole lot of people who wake up and are like, man, I just love to go pour cups of coffee. Yeah. But if you go somewhere where it's, I love working for these people and I love my team, you know, it's the same thing. Um, my dad owns an insurance company. Yep. Very few people are excited to go in and write auto insurance. <laughs> but if you're excited to work in a team and, and work with e each other, it's uh, it makes a huge difference. So one of the things I tell every student who comes to Northwood, potential student or actual student, is once you once you get into your career, you will spend more of your waking hours at your job than you do with your friends, family, or anything else. That's a pretty scary thought. So if you're going to a, a, a company or a position that is pays great but is an awful experience, why would you want to get up every day and go do that? Right. right? Go do something you love to do. And if you can't create that as a business owner, um, then, then, it, then it, it, you're going to have more turnover. You're going to have a tougher job. And look, I'll tell you what, hiring and training is expensive. So if we can keep our employees, keep them happy, uh, it makes a difference. And look, a happy employee makes for a happy customer, generally right. speaking. Right. And, and you can see it. And hey, look, everybody comes in on a bad day. Right. But, you know, when you get you get served something with a smile, somebody remembers your name. Um, they take care of you. That's that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. that's, so that's that's what makes it fun. But yeah, I don't know if I actually answered your original question, but I, I think those real experiences applied to theory make all the difference in the world. And across the board, we have that at Northwood. And look, it's, that's why I'm here, right? I don't know that I would be able to teach this way if I were somewhere else. Uh, and, and that makes a big difference to me. I think uh, Northwood's core philosophies, uh, you know, really reinforce a lot of that too. Because when you talk about uh, having your employees treat it as if they're an, they're an owner of the business and it's their business, that you know, that that's perfectly coincides with the the Northwood idea of trying to teach responsibility and just ownership over the things that you do in life and how much of an impact that makes, uh, the pride you take in your work and the effort that you're willing to put into it when you feel like you have these things that you're responsible for. Um, so I do, uh, you know, want to ask you about living the Northwood idea and how integrating those kind of philosophies and, and practicing business day to day can can really uh, help drive a lot of those things home and find success. Yeah, I I was just having this conversation with uh, one of our economics professors, and you know, I didn't know what the Northwood idea was until I got to Northwood. Um, but when I think back to my entire career, I had a, a father who was a school teacher, and he loved it, and actually uh, was third in seniority, took early retirement, started his own business and ran it for the last 10 years. So he taught and then did entrepreneurship. I like to think I just did it the opposite way um, from him. Uh, <laughs> and then a stay-at-home mom. And uh, so I didn't grow up in, in a business world. I didn't grow up in a family that said, oh, we got a family business. Would you like to become part of it? And, you know, or um, this is how we do business. And, and we didn't have those discussions. Um, but I think what I learned all the way through it uh, was, look, I'm responsible for myself. Nobody's responsible for my success but me, right? I, I don't count on somebody else to, to make me be successful. I'm, I'm going to go give the effort. And I want everybody who I work with or work for or works for me to feel the same way. Um, you know, I always told my employees at, at MedAudit because uh, I was more hands-on there, um, if you want something, ask. What's the worst thing you can get? No. A no. It's, and that, that it's not going to hurt you. It's just a no. You might get a yes. What we found there was when they asked, we were able to make them much more efficient. And, you know, and again, with the previous owner, 
When I got there, they were using computers that were 11 years old, right? That's like prehistoric in computer age, right? Mm -hmm. And it was just a matter of upgrading their equipment. We went from one monitor to three monitors because they didn't have to go from, you know, uh, from program to program that way. Made them more efficient. So yes, individual responsibility is, is huge. And look, we've been living this out for the whole last year, yeah. right? We're, we're seeing individual responsibility being challenged. Mm -hmm. um, we're being told what to do and when to do it. Um, I don't want to get into a long diatribe on this, though I could. Um, and, and it kind of makes me mad. Uh, and, and look, I, I try to tell my students all the time, you don't count on the government to take care of you, right? You need to plan for your future. You, you, know, you guys are young, time value of money. Prepare for your own future. Prepare your, you know, for, for eventual retirement um, and, and all that stuff. And that's all part of individual responsibility. And then the opportunities that I've had, none of them came from a job board or a newspaper. We, back in the day, we used to look for jobs in newspapers. All of them came through relationships that were uh, created. And, and how did that happen? It, it's just you making the effort to create relationships. And you never know what will come out of that. You know, I, I left Billmar to go to the bank. My brother worked at that bank, but it wasn't even through my brother that I found out about the job. It was through a biologist at Billmar's who white, whose wife worked for Comerica, right? Just, mm -hmm. and then, you know, when, when I left to go to Packaging Direct, when I got into Med Audit, when I got into Bigby, I mean, every one of those opportunities came about because I didn't wait for someone, you know, to pick up the phone and call me, you know, looking for opportunities, creating relationships, and, and yeah, living that Northwood idea um, of individual responsibility and quite frankly, what the free market does, right? I, I've, been in, I've been in coffee, I've been in medical beer review, I've been in plastic thermoforming, I've been in banking where I worked with 80 different clients and I've been in the turkey business where we, <laughs> we grew them from poults on the farm right to the store, right? I mean, we took them from birth to death, right? Well, that didn't sound so good, but yeah, you know what I mean. And, um, and, and yeah, so... Yeah, I, the Northwood idea is exciting. It's look, anybody can teach business. It's how you teach business, and then it's how you, it's how you apply that. And we live in the greatest country in the world, and there's a reason for that, right? And and the way we we keep being the greatest country in the world is continue to have open free markets. Yeah, there, there's no way you can centrally plan that kind of success and the mobility that you've had and and all of the different things that you've been able to get into. I think is a, is a great example of that. Um, you couldn't even centrally plan uh, your your coffee shop. Yeah. Just the way that you guys operate it compared to the way that every other coffee shop I've ever been to operates. Yep. Uh, you you have to have these little individual variances that make different experiences at different locations at different stores, whatever it is, unique. Yep. And that's 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 what's awesome about professors like you who work here that teach us that not just through a textbook but actually through saying here here's what we did in the in the um, private sector yeah. in, in fact you, you'll, you'll never learn that in a textbook right. you, you can't right you can talk about it from a textbook but then you got to apply it to life right and, and you know and I'll, I'll say this Northwood students never cease to amaze me because you guys start in, in your freshman year and you get involved right away, right? And you create your own opportunities. One thing I always say to incoming students are, if you leave and the only change on your resume says graduated BBA, Northwood University, you failed. It should, you know, your resume should be built and it should be developed. And when, and when you graduate, you're graduated with an increased skill set, an increased resume, and you're ready to go. And you're not waiting until you're 22. You're already doing it with the auto show, with the fashion show, with the style show, with internships, with 
podcast. It's right? so weird to yeah. say, but Northwood is like a, uh, I don't want to say a trade school, but like a trade school. You come here and you learn hands-on exactly how to do business. And you, you come out a completely different person than how you came in. This might make somebody mad. I hope it doesn't. We don't teach rocket science. <laughs> okay? I mean, business is not rocket science. Now, there's important things in business, mm -hmm. an important understanding, an important application of those understandings. So, don't it, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's easy. Um, but there's some very simple ways to approach it, to learn it, and to apply it. Mm -hmm. And, and you, it, it, I think you can overthink it and get yourself in trouble. Um, but really, if you just take care of your employees, take care of your customers, have a product that people want, because if you don't have that, you're in trouble anyway. Uh, and guess what? The customers are going to let you know. That's one thing that's great about the free market system. If I don't have a product people want, they're going to they're gonna let me know right away. And, and look, I deserve to fail. So i got to come up with a product or a service or, you know, again, um, we talk about value propositions. I got to have a value proposition that says I'm better at this than everybody else. And here's why you need to come with me. And if you can't create one, then go work for somebody else who can create one. I so think uh, in trouble. The, like, no, I don't know any Northwood students that have a boring resume for that reason, too. I feel like everybody I interact with has some business that they're or just some subject that they're passionate about and, and work experience and, and extracurriculars to prove all of that, too. And, you know, I, I think we as students kind of take that for granted, but you go to other universities, that's definitely not always the case. Some people think, okay, I got my piece of paper, I'm good to go. And I don't think any Northwood students really do that. I think that there's definitely that component there of, okay, great, this education is what it is and, and it's a solid one, but you're right, it's not rocket science. And the things that I go out and do in real life and the, the things that I have to show for my hard work while I'm in school is what's going to allow me to go out and be successful. And the education is just a, a great supplement to all of that. Yep. And look, I hope everybody's a 4.0 student, but that doesn't mean anything to anybody in business. Once you get out there, it's it's what you do, right? And, and if you have the skill set to apply it. Um, and, and maybe a 4.0 student means that you can do that, but it doesn't guarantee you anything. And, and you can show them a piece of paper that says, look at me, I'm awesome. And they're going to say, yeah, but you can't do the job I'm asking you to do. So yeah, it really is application. And you know, that in, in large part, that can only get done by doing it. Mm -hmm. Sounds kind of funny, but you know, you have to get out and, and you can only study so much theory before you have to figure out a way to apply it. And, and you're right. I, I think maybe that's why teaching at Northwood is fun because the students do get it. I have so many students who have businesses already that they started um, or that they're you know, we do projects in class that allow them to take their ideas and their concepts and apply them, right? And they don't have to wait till later. Um, I just met with a, a, a prospective student and, and her parents this week, and uh, I was watching her eyes light up as I was talking about doing projects based on your concept. You know, not, not something I assigned to you. Here's the rubric. Everybody's going to do this rubric, but it's your concept, right? You could see she was excited, right? It's, it's easy to sell to sell Northwood on the fact that you're going to come here and get to apply the information we're going to we're going to teach you to your ideas. That's uh, I mean that's thrilling, and you guys know you know. And I'm just I'm going to throw his name out there because Jack Gertley. Mm -hmm. Here's a here's a young man at 14 started mowing lawns, and last year his his landscape business, which he's been running since he's 14, had two full crews, and he doesn't even do the labor anymore. He's just out bidding jobs and being creative. Uh, to watch the transformation from age 14 to he's only 22 
in his fourth year at Northwood getting his MBA, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't take credit for it. He started when he was, you know, 14. Um, but all along the way, you can see him apply, 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 and advance the company. Um, that's exciting. I, I mean, it's, I, you know, I get to live vicariously through you guys. It's actually really fun. Well, I mean, Jack's doing stuff that I think people who've been in the landscaping business their entire lives aren't doing. He definitely yeah. just has an idea, not only of how to run a, a great, efficient business, but on top of it, he knows his market really well, yeah. too, and mm-hmm. he knows how to cater to those people, and that part's amazing, too. Yeah, and when I, he posts pictures of his work, right? it's it's beautiful. And that's, that's not just getting out there and doing the work. That's the creative mindset of looking at a, a property and seeing what it can be and then actually, you know, putting it together. And, you know, he's clearly got happy customers because it's working. Yeah, I, I almost wish this was like a YouTube show where we could start pulling up screenshots. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's really worth a, I a just pulled up his Facebook page for that reason because we don't have video. Um, you can look at all of this stuff at Gertley's Landscaping, G-E-R-T-L-E-Y Landscaping, as you spell it, uh, on Facebook. And it's it's awesome stuff. Um, he's look, down I'm, in Novi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, North, so. Northville. Northville. I think it's same, yeah, same area. Yeah, just tremendous. And look, I'm sitting across from two guys here, right? You've got you, you're a fantastic guitar player, John, and you have a band, and and that's one thing. But you know how to market it. You know how to 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 bring stuff to market. It's that's the business side. You bring a business side to. Your, your rock and roll side, if, if I may, right? <laughs> right. Which, which I think is a whole different perspective. And, and you know, you've been working at your, your, your father's insurance company, and it may or may not be what you do in the future, but think about the lessons you've already learned. And I know you bring them to class because we talk about them all the time. Right. And, you know, your, your, your father's an entrepreneurial business owner. You, you see what he goes through, and so you have a different perspective. Um, and, you know, and, and what I just said there is really important. What you guys bring to the classroom is that additional perspective. It's not just me standing up there, and you guys know I'll stand up there and talk all day, and I'll be fine with that. It's the interaction, and it's the, hey, I, this is what I've seen. This is what, what's been done. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it, it kind of makes me chuckle. So my oldest son uh, majored in architecture. Um, but unbeknownst to me until he started taking the classes, he minored in entrepreneurship. I had no idea he was going to do that. But he did grow up in our household, sitting around the table, <laughs> listening to conversations. And so I knew he was going to be successful at that. But and then and he wants to combine architecture with his entrepreneurial business mindset. And I think, you know, in maybe getting into commercial real estate or whatever. And I thought, what a great combination. Right. To have the skill set to understand and, and be creative with the building part and, and meet a need that right. So there's there's one thing for the architect to to understand the visual nature and, and what they want, he takes the business side and says, yeah, that's great, but that's not practical. But boy, what if we did this? And what if we did this? The marketplace would actually pay for this. Right. You know, which just makes my heart feel great, right? Because it's like, because he gets it. It's not just about designing the building. It's designing the building for the customer that, that can be used by the customer. Um, and it's fun. It's fun to watch. There's, there's a lot of brilliant people out there that don't have those soft skills or that business mindset, and they can't do anything with those great concrete, right. whatever, architecture, engineering, whatever. They, they struggle to break out of that. And it's sad, too, because a lot of people, I think, will end up at, you know, salaried jobs where they're comfortable when they could be achieving so much more with their skill set if they just kind of had those, those you know, basic entrepreneurial um, 
skills in order to go out there into the market and really cater to, like you said, like customers and oh, to yeah. understand where the market's headed and all those things. Because, you know, uh, people that are that are smart are a, a dime a dozen at this point if you don't know how to go out and apply it right. and monetize it. And that's important. Right. You know, and, and, and I've, I've worked for big companies um, and I've been an owner in companies. And I will tell you, being an owner in companies is way better. <laughs> it just really is. Now, uh, do you think about it all the time? Do you worry about it? Yes. Right? That's part of the game. Um, you know, everyone should have to make payroll at some point in their life and they will take an entirely different perspective on how life is rather than expecting to be given something to have to make sure somebody else is taken care of. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, controlling your own destiny, um, that's, that's not just a tagline. That's, it's the truth. Um, you, you, the, you get both the ups and the, and the downs, and there are downs. Met Audit, we had for seven years. We had one customer that was 90 plus percent of our business, and they made a decision to go with a different vendor. And it was the worst day for me in business was um, pulling my employees together, and they knew what was going on. It wasn't a, a surprise, but pulling them together and saying, we're going to have to shut down after a period of about three months of wind down. Um, man, that was hard, right? Those people were counting on us. Uh, they gave everything to that business. I would have loved... I would love today to still be running that business and have them as employees. Um, and we did everything we could to help them, right? Um, but man, what a, what a tough day. So there's those days that aren't great. Um, but man, when you take care of a customer and you see the customer just completely satisfied, um, I don't know if anything beats that. And then, yeah, sometimes there's financial reward with that, which is pretty nice. <laughs> um, but the, just the feeling of satisfaction, I, I don't know if you can beat that. And if you if you you know if you don't have an, an ownership piece, I don't know that it can have, it can feel that way. So. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no way you'll you'll get the same gratification out of the work you do if unless you're you know there and and actually making those things happen. And yeah. there's that that risk factor because, like you said, I yeah. mean, that can be stressful 100. percent But at the end of the day, to take those risks and then come out on top and then end up in a good situation, you know, a salary job, sure, great, you have security, but that's not going to give you that same reward both monetarily and just as far as the responsibility and the ownership you take over your work and the pride that comes with that. Yeah, I, I will I, interject, sorry. Yeah. I So not everybody can own a business, right? Yeah, no. Not everybody can be a business owner, but everybody right. and some point in our lives are going to be employees. And that I think it's the, the beauty of this degree, the entrepreneurship program, is that you are a better employee oh, yeah. after you walk out of here. So it's not just... Hey, I want to open this business XYZ coming in and then I exit the entrepreneurship program and then I graduate and start that business right out of graduation. Yeah. I'm going to be a better employee wherever I end up that will eventually lead me to open a business if I want to. So it's not just these type A go-getters that are in there. I don't even think that's what Absolutely right. most of our class is. We're not all just a bunch of talking type A's. There's there yeah. are people sprinkled from all over the place in there. Oh, you're right. And and so one of the terms we use for that is intrapreneurship. Mm -hmm. And intrapreneurship is being a change agent within a business. Um, many of my graduates um, haven't started their own businesses. And, and, and that, that's not a, a failure of the program or a failure of the person. Uh, but what I think is really cool is the entrepreneurship student has a mindset uh, of not just being in the silo of marketing or finance or accounting, but saying, sure, I'll take on this marketing. Sure, I'll go and do this finance. Sure, I'll, I'll get into sales. Sure, I love operations. One of the, one of the th I was gonna say thrills of my life, but that sounds overstated, but learning uh, manufacturing operations at Belmar, 
right? I, I, I took the, we went there last, well, we went to Cam Packaging, mm -hmm. which is uh, the, the founder of PDI's new business, um, and it's plastic thermoforming. John, I should have called you and invited you along. Cause he was like a kid in a candy store. Man. I was. I was so excited. I was giddy. Right? Yeah, you you rode up in the car with me. I was giddy to get up there. And, uh, it, man, watching, and the, he's got giant thermoformers now, and watching yeah. him, you know, nine parts come off every six seconds, right? And, you, you know, I'm doing it in my head, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, look at all these parts. Our machines were smaller. And it was fun. Um, but in order to, to run sales in HR, and all those other pieces of the business, I had to understand operations right. uh, to be a more effective leader. If I didn't understand operations, I, I, my decisions would have been different. Um, and again, that goes back to the willingness. Um, now, am I an expert at operations? No. Do they let me run the machines? No, it's probably a good choice. Um, do I understand how they run and how they work and the important? Yes. And, and that's how you can make decisions. And then really, you know, it's interesting. Business... Leadership in business and ownership in business is, if they have learned anything, it's about putting the right people in the right places to make it happen. Early in my career, I thought I had to do everything and making all the decisions and boy, well, isn't this fun? And then you figure out that you didn't develop leaders and managers to do make those decisions and they kept looking to you and you're like, we're not going to get anywhere if you guys can't make decisions. And that was, that fell back on me. Um, that's probably my biggest learning in, in all my years. And so putting the right people in the right positions, being at MetAudit for two years and having my business partner say, you know, Jim, you don't really need to be there full time. Maybe you need to go find something else. That's a little bit disconcerting, um, you know. And uh, But, you know, it, gosh, how lucky did I get? It opened up the door for me to teach and still run the business, uh, you know, a day and a half a week. Uh, and then, again, putting the right people in place, giving them the opportunities to be successful and then taking stuff off their plate that they shouldn't be doing or didn't need to be doing so that they could be really good at what they're doing. Right. Uh, man, we were much more efficient uh, and, and much more effective. And it was tons of fun. You know, really, I think the word that keeps popping in my head is fun. Um, it really is. I, I When I think back, and I guess I'm getting old because, you know, I've got a 30-plus year career now. Almost all of it's been fun. Sure, there's been days where I'd, you know, Rather stay in bed, but yeah, for the most part, it's fun. And if it, and if it's if it's not, man, go find something that is. Well, I think I think that's such that are so important to hear, especially in the day and age of Tesla and Amazon and all these exciting companies. And I have to do something that's super exciting. Well, right. everything that you've said, you you were uh, in the turkey business, in the plastic thermal forming business, banking, um, and then now teaching. And everywhere you've had a blast doing it. It's been you've been passionate about it. So it's not that hey, I need to go do something that changes the world completely. It's that I need to find what, what really is just, I, I tick for it, you know? Yeah, I don't have the top 10 sexiest job list, right? <laughs> I, I don't, but um, would I trade it? No. Right. No, I, you know, uh, yeah, I like some more than others. Yeah, of course, right? But, um, you know, and, and gosh, when 12 years, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. When I started teaching, I thought, well, this would be fun, you know, and actually I, I intended to teach. I actually thought I would go into teaching like when I got in my 50s as sort of a wind down to the end of my career. You know, we don't know how things are going to uh, work out. And it started a little bit earlier. But, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Well, and you don't just teach at Northwood. You do. You're involved in a whole bunch at Northwood, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're well, yeah, if you're going to if you're going to do it, do it right. Right. Um, I'm the faculty athletic rep. I've been involved in. In athletics on campus, in both um, 
sitting in on hiring coaches. Um, I go to out every event that I can, um, and not just athletics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, who would have thought I would go to a fashion show at any point in my life, <laughs> right? Nobody. I've been to everyone but one, and that was the year we had a flood, and it got moved to Tuesday night, and I had a class on Tuesday night. They even let me walk in one. I'm, I'm thrilled to say I walked in the show. I did not fall down. Why haven't we seen pictures um, of this? I, I don't know. I, I, there must be they're, – they're hidden. I, I'm not saying it was awesome, but I did get to walk the catwalk, and uh, I, it was a little bit thrilling. It was kind of fun. It was disconcerting. You know, you're you're walking, you're you're trying to, you know, I don't know, you're trying to, to have that, you know, that stride, right? And there's there it's there's people everywhere and, and coworkers and right. you know, people taking pictures and waiting for you to fall so you can make America's funniest home videos and um but it really was fun. Um and uh and, and I got to be behind the scenes that night and I watched what went on behind there. When you sit out there and watch it, it's cool, it's fun and you're and you admire the students for their hard work. When you're behind the scenes, it's crazy. Right. Whipping on clothes and, and makeup and, and artistry, and this is an all-day uh, event. And here's the beauty of it, 100% student run. Mm-hmm. Auto show, 100% student run. Yeah. Every one of these students who was, who was working that night were doing this to build their resume, build build their skill set. And, you know, that you know that just, as an instructor, as a professor, um, that is great. Right, that just means that I've and I've been to several Stafford dinners, not all of them, but several of them. Um, so yeah, and, and I'm involved in admissions, and I've even I've even given a couple of talks for fundraising. I've sat in on fundraising meetings. If you're going to do it right, right, do it right, get the full experience, do it right. And <laughs> and, and I I love talking about Northwood. Uh, it's 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 meaningful. Um, it's not just a place that I work, right? It's it's a place where our, uh, and I learn. Maybe this is the best part. I learned from you guys. I've been there 12 years. The, the number of projects that I've heard, right, pitched in my class, uh, phenomenal. And, and a lot of those have become businesses. That is exciting. Um, and, and just to watch the success of, of the students. Um, and, and I learn every day. I, I, I think I know a lot, and then I, I learn more. And I'm like, oh, that's cool, right? <laughs> and yeah, so it's kind of hard to beat. I do quickly want to add too that the seriousness of all of these, you know, clubs, extracurriculars, and programs cannot be understated. The fashion show—we've had some super legitimate, you know, turnouts and people show up oh, yeah. to that. The auto show's the the biggest outdoor auto show in North America. Yep. Stafford dinner is is killer. Our mock trial program competes nationally, oh, yeah. and um, you know, Northwood's a small school. Competitive speech. I yeah. mean. Yeah. And we, we knock these things out of the park, even though we have, you know, a very small base of students compared to a lot of major universities. And we still, you know, we yeah. play ball with them all we the same. We compete in, in, the, in the best D2 athletic conference in the country. And we're the smallest school in that conference. Yeah, I think by population, we would be a D3 school. Oh, uh, yeah, we're, we're smaller than... Honestly, uh, maybe even smaller We're, we're than much that. smaller than the D3 school I went to, yeah. um, who's, who's, you know, very competitive. But, yeah, well, we're going up against a, a Grand Ballet with 25,000 students in facilities that, well, are somewhat state-funded, <laughs> right? And all of our stuff is privately funded. Yeah. We're, we're very unique, right, in, in, in that every uh, we don't carry debt. Everything we do when we build something on campus is funded up front. Now, I think we got a unique value proposition. And when you got a unique value proposition and people get free market and, and individual responsibility, you can get behind that. Um, and, and you can see it by looking at the names on the buildings and the people who 
who step up and we, you know, we had a flood damage and, and people stepped up and, you know, uh, just amazing. Um, but, but I think we hit, we, we hit at what's really important to people who understand free markets and understand how business should work. Right. And I think we, you know, we make it happen too, where we, we definitely put our, our money where, you know, our mouth is as far as, as all of that, because it's not like we were going and, you know, begging Lansing to help us out with that flood. Exactly. And we weren't waiting for their orders when it came to how we responded to COVID. You weren't waiting for those orders with with, uh, with Bigby for responding to COVID. You just right. had the responsibility to, to make those choices for what was best for your business, take care of your workers. We were doing the same here at school and we're dealing with those things successfully. And I don't think any of those things can be understated because that's all just us making choices that, that are best for us in, in a, a you know free society and expecting, right. okay, this is our responsibility to, to respond to these things properly. And we don't need some you know central force to, to let us know how to navigate that. We'll navigate that in the way that's best for us. And I think the results show, show them for themselves. The fact that we had COVID and a flood and everything that we dealt with this summer, and wow. we were still on campus right. in the fall teaching We've, successfully. The last year could have shut us down yeah. when you think about it. I mean, we've bared uh, uh, far better than any of the state universities oh, that, yeah. are, that are out. We have, I just checked the numbers as I sat down, five positive cases right now. We had to cancel a scrimmage against Saginaw Valley last week because they had too many cases just on their football team. Yep. That's and uh, softball lost a couple games this weekend. Yep. Um, not because our softball team had an issue; the other team did. Yeah, we've done a good job. And again, it, it goes back to the point: personal responsibility. For the most part, it's my belief that people will take it on themselves, um, with some direction in some cases. But they don't have to be told, right? You shouldn't have to be told. Um, you know, again, I don't want to get too far afield. We got this. This uh, I was just in Holland over the weekend. And we just had this restaurant owner over there arrested because she's trying to run her business. Oh, um, yeah. We seem dead set on shutting down about 30% of our restaurants in this state um, for reasons that I don't think are um, proven to be true. Uh, and, I, you know, is she right in doing what she's doing? Um, you know, she's just trying to make a living. Uh, and, and she came from uh, a communist country. She lived with that, and she understands... Uh, the, the real value of being free uh, and being able to make those decisions and hoping that everybody makes the right decision. And she's not just trying to make a living. She's trying to make a living while providing an income to a vast number of employees. Oh, yeah, all those employees. And providing a service, which is sitting down and having a oh, meal. Oh, but Bob, we have unemployment insurance. It's fine. And and the feds just bailed out all the states with all this money, so right. it's fine. And none of, all that money, that's not going to create inflation or anything, Right. I mean, oh, that's right. Economics says that it will. Gosh, that's not good, though. God, gone it. I, I, I forgot about that. Sorry. It just, <laughs> that, that, you know, stuff drives me crazy, right? We just we print money. You know, it, it, we make, well, it's a different show for a different time. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, it definitely uh, coincides with a lot of the things that Northwood believes in and the, the, the Northwood idea um, promotes. And I think, you know, when people have a duty to, to feed their families and help the people that, you know, they work with feed their families. Like yeah. sometimes orders like that are, are not what's needed. And it's just trust that they're going to react to those things proactively and properly because their business depends on it. Right. And I would much rather have a market regulated social distancing than a government one, because I think people regardless would still be like, 
hey, you're not doing this safely and you're, you're being irresponsible. And, and you know what decision you can make if you think they're not doing it safely? Not show up. You don't go to that place and, and, and give your business to right. them. And that's the way you show in a free market, yep. right? I, I like what you're doing. I like your product. I'm going to buy it. I don't like what you're doing. I'm not going to go there. Yeah. It's, it's the best way to show how that works. And, and, and Northwood has been a phenomenal example. Like I just said, five positive cases. Oh, yeah. What, is this week 10 of the semester? Our, yeah, our numbers all year long have been great. And they none, really have. None of our mandates that we place as a university came from Lansing. They all came from, you know, we're wearing masks. You have to wear masks, yep. even in your uh, uh, apartments and everything else. And, and, there's, and there's a level of frustration with that. Uh, for, for sure. Um, but, but I'd much rather be frustrated right. at a private business than I would at Lansing, right. who I don't have any control over. And at least we're face-to-face in the classroom. Yes. One of the only in our, I know our area, but in the state to do so. Oh, yeah. My youngest son is down in East Lansing, but hasn't attended a single class in person this year. Right, yeah, but we're out. paying for the apartment, so in a free market world, he's living down there. Because <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm paying for the apartment anyway. I worked um, out with a ton of guys yeah. over the summer who go to a bunch of different colleges and play sports everywhere else. Yep. And they were all asking, "Oh, when do you guys go back? Are you living on campus or not? You know, what are you doing with virtual school?" And me and uh, Garrett McGraw, who work out together, we said, "Oh, we're going back. We've got in person class." Yeah. And they said, "What?" Yep. We were one of the one of few. And we offer up uh, remote options yeah. for students who have issues. So, I mean, um, and it, but that's free market, mm-hmm. right? Because we say, well, we're not going to close those folks out yeah. who want to remain safe or have concerns, um, and they have the opportunity. Now, I, I will tell you, of course, I think being in the classroom makes a huge difference. But, you know, everybody has their own decisions to make there. Um, yeah, it makes a difference. But y- you can't have a mantra and then not live it out. Correct. Right? And um, yeah, like I, I, I think I told some of you guys in class uh, when we were told we couldn't come back after Thanksgiving, right, for our final two weeks of the semester. Um, I had a dream. I had a dream that I came in and I taught and I got hauled away in cuffs, right? Um, <laughs> and, and that I was, you know, I, I was, I was taking my stand because of how important I think that is to be face to face. And and look, in a free market world, we've used that to our advantage, right? And we've had, we've had several students. Um, you know, we, we're still doing on-campus visits with prospective students that, that a lot of places aren't doing. Right. And it, you know, it, it comes down to the value proposition and how do you differentiate. How we're differentiating is we're saying, here's who we are, here's what we believe in, here's how we live it out. Whether it's COVID, whether it's not COVID, doesn't matter what it is, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that's, I think you got to take a stand like that. And, and we've done that. And I mean, it makes other, I think, you know, prospective students and other universities question, wow, did I have the right model here if Northwood can go and, and create better results numbers-wise and a much better education? Because, uh, you know, we can't kid ourselves. All of my friends that I've talked to that have been online for a year now, and they're struggling. Yeah. The quality of education is not the same. It's it's not good to, to just isolate and, and be away from all that socialization there, especially if you're a business student. You need oh, that yeah. part. It's one of the most important parts. Networking. Yeah. You can't network. It's just hard. All these things that they're doing virtually drive me crazy too. Well, we're going to we're gonna hold this virtually because we can't get together. You can't network in those situations. Not really. No. It's I got an invitation to a Zoom baby shower the other day. You know, I get people are. Try- I guess you you do what you got to do, but I mean, right. it's it's not the same. It, it's it's just not the same. It's really it's tough. Yeah. 
it's been um, a great conversation. Yeah, um, in the interest of time, and also, uh, you know, Michigan plays in about 30 minutes for March Madness, and I think that's on the agenda as well. So absolutely. <laughs> Do you have any any closing statements? Anything you'd like to say? Uh, well, I'd like to thank you guys for inviting me. Um, this was terrific. We've been looking um, forward to it. Yeah, I uh, I'd love to come back when we have about four hours, and uh, <laughs> we could spend some time. I'm just Joe kidding, Rogan but, style. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sit down for a couple hours. Yeah, just just go for it. <laughs> Um, but I appreciate what you guys are doing. I love the fact that you're taking opportunities when, when we built the NU Idea Center and this became a reality. Um, this is what it's for, right? right. And this, this is fantastic. So appreciate being invited. Um, loved spending time with you guys and, and having fun. And I, it felt like that was about 10 minutes, and I know it was a lot more than that. But um, when, when you're having fun, time flies. So thanks. I appreciate it. Thank Make you sure you guys go visit uh, Big B Coffee in Midland. And... Uh, Tell Thanks. them Jim sent you. I don't know if you get a discount, but maybe. <laughs> we'll try to factor in a code or something, something promotional <laughs> in there. Right? Thanks a lot, Professor Hot.